This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Welcome back to the channel and welcome back to another edition of the Spurs Chat Podcast. Unfortunately, in this edition, we'll be talking about a defeat here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I've got two channel regulars with me. I've got Holly Agomba, of course, Spurs YouTuber. Holly, how are you? I mean, yeah, I've been better uh, after that result, but it'll be great to dissect it on here. Obviously, a bit of therapy, I think, but thank you for having me. We've also got channel regular Craig Dearman. Craig, we'll talk about the football in a minute, but how are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm all right. You know, I was I was really hoping we could um, push on the last two games because we've got a really tough run coming up in April. I've said, I've said, it, said it before. We need to get those points on the ball because there's not there's anything guaranteed in the Premiership. But you know, they're going to be really tough games coming up. So just really disappointed today that that we didn't show up. So we're live on YouTube, we're live on Facebook, and uh, of course X as well. So please do get involved. Let us know your thoughts. On today's game, of course, it was Tottenham Hotspur 1, Wolves 2. Gomez putting Wolves 1-0 up in the 42nd minute. Kulisewski equalising for Tottenham uh, just after the half-time break. And Gomez getting Wolves winner in the 63rd minute. Spurs are now down to fifth in the Premier League table. We've now played 25. We have won 14. We have won five, lost six. We have a goal difference of plus 14. We have 47 points. Aston Villa, of course, won 2-1 away at Fulham today. They are back in the top four. We're now two points away from the top four. We're now 10 points away from league leaders, Liverpool. Now, the match stats today, Spurs had 71% of the ball to Wolves, 29%. We had 15 shots to Wolves, 12. Shots on target, Spurs had four to Wolves, seven. Of course, Spurs didn't register any shots on target in the opening 45 minutes. Of course, we will discuss that in this episode. Corners, Spurs had 10. Wolves had four. Fouls, Spurs, eight. Wolves, 13. Now, Holly, let's come to you first. Your thoughts on today's game. 
just a bit rough to say the least. I think that's the best way to kind of put it. It was a, another frustrating first half of football. Um, I really wanted us to go out a bit more considering obviously after the Brighton game, it was the same old, same old. We kind of started a bit slow. There were sloppy passes left, right and centre. And then you think, let's get into half time and, and really uh, step up the gas. And we kind of did for a little bit and then it all went downhill again. Um, it's just a very dis- disappointing result. Like um, we've already kind of mentioned in a sense, we've got a lot of features coming up that, that were going to be difficult. This is one to try and cement uh, a good form going into the next one. But yeah, it, it was annoying. And the thing is as well, I don't want to use it as an excuse, but obviously last week used the excuses. Everybody's just come back. It's not quite clicking. Then we lose two of our fullbacks and we're back to square one again. So yeah, for me, it's just a disappointing and frustrating game. Holly, a lot of people in the comments at the moment are saying, where is Anne's ball? You're saying it's not clicking. Why not? Why are we not seeing Anne's ball right now? I generally, it sounds awful. I don't want to use an excuse, but the fact that we had everyone back and then we lost Adogi and Pedro Porro today, probably the two ones that are very creative down that wing and managed to get us out of trouble now and again, we lost them. And I hate to dig players out, but Emerson just wasn't it today. There was a lot of mistakes from him. And uh, for me, that's kind of why it wasn't, clicking today because we've lost two of those great players um, out of the wing. So, yeah, I think that's why at the minute. Craig, let's come to you. Let's get your thoughts on today's game because I tell you what, I feel deflated. I feel really disappointed. Um, it was a poor performance today, wasn't it? I think it was. Um, I thought we actually started quite brightly the first five minutes. It was quite encouraging. And then I think somebody put in the comments, was it was it was that Antonio Conte back in charge? It, it, that Angeball thing, you hit the nail on the head there for me. But, uh, I, to be brutally honest, we haven't really seen it in full flow since probably the Chelsea game, in my opinion. You know, we, we've seen it in fits and starts. But uh, from what perhaps I'm viewing with rose-tinted spectacles, but I think the first 10 games of the season are vastly different from the last 10 games. And yeah, you know, we've had the big injuries and players away. I get that totally. But... It just something's not quite right. And like Holly said, the the loss of Poro and the Doggy, obviously massive losses for us. A lot of the play comes through them and there's different technical facets of that position that Ange wants now that, that Royale and Ben Davis just simply cannot do because those aren't the type of players that can do that. And that's certainly got to be addressed in, in the summer transfer window. But if you're so reliant on that, I wouldn't say they're totally to blame today personally. Um, but you know, it was a big part of it that the play was disjointed. It was, it was nothing really working, linking up. There, there was a few nice touches around the box, but I think for me, the inability to break teams down that uh, play a low block again has, has cost us. Um, rather than getting it out to the wings and driving it across, try something different. Madison had a couple of long ranges, but I can't remember much else apart from that. Um, but as you say, the end seems to to be completely. Um, it's weird. I mean, I mean, you see things like Ange out trending. You know, I just can't can't believe people are saying that. It's just ridiculous. But something's not quite right. And you know, we've now got two two week break essentially, haven't we? I think so. You know, it would have been nice to go into that two week break still in fourth. Um, but hey ho, we haven't, and we move on. So I don't know quite what's wrong, but. Um, for me, I'd just like to see a bit of variation. I think we're trying the same things and coming up against a brick wall like we did today. Craig, when you mentioned that first 10 games of the Premier League season, of course, we were unbeaten, everything was going tremendously well. 
Now, when I watched the training sessions and the games during pre-season in uh, Australia, Thailand, Singapore, I know the Thailand one obviously got uh, postponed in the end or cancelled, um, but everything was about the ball moving extremely fast. Vicario and the back four today, they seem to spend too long or a lot longer than what we're used to on the ball. Why do you think that is? Yeah, I don't know. If, if that's how Ange wants them to play quickness, which, which, like you say, we think he does, then he's not going to be happy with that. It, it seems to be like the first half, again, we didn't come out, did we? We just didn't perform start of the second half quickly. Um, but they're, they're, they're not doing the basics, what he wants. Um, I, I, I don't I don't get it. I don't know why we're doing that. Are they trying to lure Wolves on because they're sitting low block and they're just... Because sometimes, you know, you see Romero just holding onto the ball, knocking it about to Van der Ven and then going. As soon as they see the gap, as soon as they see the pass, pass is played and, and, and we're off. But I don't know. I don't know why they're doing it. I mean, is this a different style of play? Because we had... Um, Ben Davis and Emerson Royale on the pitch today. To be honest, I thought we'd be a bit more defensively solid today because they're two players that are more defensively minded. But that was the absolute opposite, wasn't it? It, it was just a weird game. I mean, Neto thought played pretty well again for Wolves, which always doesn't help. Um, God, I think we've got to go after him in the summer, to be honest. He, he's, he's such a good player. I'd really love to see him at Tottenham. I, th I think he'd do wonders for us. But... Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, Chris. Perhaps some people in the comments would have some ideas on on what's changed because I'm a bit baffled at the moment. You know that they have all week to work on this stuff. You know, there's no distractions, um, and yet, you know, you turn up on a Saturday and it's something completely different to what what was like. You say the first ten games of the season. It's really strange. Very, very strange. I'll be completely honest. I tell you what, I went in at half time feeling very disappointed, but. A part of me felt that we were a little bit lucky only going in 1-0 down at half-time. Um, Holly, what did you make of uh, that first half? And, you know, should we give credit to Wolves? Because Gary O'Neill, in my opinion, has done a superb job since going in there uh, in the summer. Um, and, you know, he's beaten Tottenham again. He's done the double over Tottenham, you know, two 2-1 two, wins this season. Uh, should we give Wolves more credit or were Spurs really poor today? It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because like you say, there was that chance. I can't remember who it was, but he literally skied it over the bar um, very early on. And you're thinking... Wang Hee Chan. That's the one. There we go. Um, and, and you're thinking, if that goes in, we're already down a goal already. So, yeah, I think some credit does go to Wolves. And like you said, they pounced on the fact that we weren't quite on our A game. And I think from looking at our previous games, I know going back to the Brighton one, we started slow there. So he's obviously thinking, if we get on them hot on the press straight away... We're given something to think about, which is kind of what they did. So I think some credit is deserved to Wolves. Um, they, they never gave up throughout the whole game, um, not just in the first half. And especially that bit of passage, and I'm moving on to the second half, but there was that bit of passage where we put a lot of pressure onto them and they still managed to, to obviously take it all in. And I think he's just very clever at knowing that we're going to come out, play that high line, and they're going to attack us on the break, which is pretty much what they kind of did most of the game at times. So, yeah, I think they definitely deserved the goals that they, they managed to get and obviously overall the win. It just it's just so frustrating because we know how good these players can be when they're all clicking together. Holly, do you worry from now until the end of the season now? Because of course, you know, Craig mentioned earlier that that, that, that great start that we had, the ten games unbeaten, sitting top of the Premier League. I know some people were getting carried away saying we're title contenders. Some people, you know, were saying calm down. You know, it's all about top four. It's about playing attractive football. And uh, you know, some people are saying 
um, that it is all about the process. And, you know, as long as we can see things going in the right direction, which, you know, we can. Disappointing today, but of course we can see where Spurs are going under Postacoglu. Um, for you, would it now be extremely disappointing if Spurs did not play in the Champions League? And I also want to add another question in. When you think about the injuries and suspensions that we have had, if you put in European football, if you put in extra League Cup games, FA Cup games, etc., are Tottenham going to be good enough to compete in all these competitions next season? Wow, that is a double whammy of a question. Um, it's difficult. I think I'd be disappointed in terms of, like, say, where we started at the start of the season to then slowly uh, drop off. But I think it's kind of warranted with those suspensions. Yes, they were kind of are doing, but with those injuries, nobody can foresee, obviously, us losing Mickey van der Ven. And you can see in the last couple of games, Mickey van der Ven is just something else. And he is class at the back. I think without him, we'd, we'd be totally somewhere different. But I think for us, perspective has kind of changed because with that new manager coming in. I talk about it all the time, with Ange coming in, not, not many of us kind of know what to expect. The fact that we lost Harry Kane, to now sit it to be where we are now, I'd be disappointed, but I'd also think in the back of my head, wow, it could be a totally different game. We, we could be further down the league table because we're trying to trust this process. But because we've started so well, that disappointment is sadly going to going to bring us down a bit more than what it would have done. Um, in terms of whether we're going to get through next season, if we have Champions League and, and, and Cup games, it just depends on recruitment, which is a really boring um, answer to give. Um, but the way that we started, obviously, in the January transfer window, where we were getting players in that are young, um, in terms of, obviously, Lucas Bergville, which I think for me is pre-planning, which is something I haven't really seen from Spurs in a long time. It gives me hope that in the summer, we're going to hopefully have, if we get Champions League football, to have the extra pull of being in Europe. is going to be able to get those players across that higher calibre that we kind of need to see us over the line. But I think we also forget we've got these players coming through the youth system as well, that some of them, I think, are proving that they could slip into this role. And with those cup games, there's an excellent chance to, to give them a bit more exposure into the first team. So with my boring answer, it's going to have to wait and see to the summer, see whether our recruitment is up there. In his press conference just now, Ange Postacoglu was asked, um, is there any psychological tricks that he can pull out to lift the players? And his reply was simply, I'm, a, I'm not a magician, I'm a football manager. Um, Craig, let's come to you. Um, same question, really. Would you be disappointed if Spurs didn't get a Champions League spot? Because, of course, we've got the likes of Manchester United uh, right behind us as well in the Premier League table. Uh, we can't afford to keep losing games like this, especially at home. And as you've already mentioned earlier on in the podcast, we've got some very difficult games coming up in the remaining 13. Yeah, I would be actually, considering that we're uh, England are in pole position to take that fifth Champions League spot next year. Obviously, the more wins that our clubs get in Europe, uh, the, the more points we get. Um, and if City or somebody else, Villa, win, win their respective trophies or even West Ham, um, God forbid, um, we'll, we, I think we guaranteed it. So it's not just sixth place, but, you know, Imagine if we got sixth spot and Villa and Manchester United finished ahead of us. I mean, that would be a disaster at this stretch because Manchester United aren't, you know, I wouldn't say they're the basket case Chelsea are, but, you know, they've had an up and down season. Villa have been in Europe, crack, cracking team, but they haven't had the injuries we've had to deal with. So they've kind of just ticked over and pushed on and, and they're, you know, they're managing at the moment to deal with Europe and, and the league and, and be, still be up there. And obviously they won again today. Um, 
I would personally be very disappointed if we didn't get a Champions League. At the beginning of the season, I didn't really think it was realistically possible, but you see the first 10 games and you think perhaps we all did get a bit carried away that uh, we were going to finish second or third. I think I've said that on here a couple of times. But the last few weeks, it just hasn't clicked for me. But they've really got to somehow dig deep and get enough points to get us over the line and get that Champions League spot. I mean... It, it is frightening when you look at the fixtures we've got in April. But we've had that kind of run before and we've managed to get somehow get through it. I mean, do you remember uh, this season, wasn't it? I think we'd lost three in a row and we went to City and we got managed to get a draw. So, you know, all is not lost. You know, there's, the other teams have still got to turn up. I still think we've got a damn good chance of beating Arsenal when they come to our place. So, you, you know, you just don't know. But I'd rather us be in a strongest position going into them games and have some points on the board and have a bit of a gap. And at the moment, we're, we're kind of struggling, aren't we? We're, we're, we're tripping up. It's kind of three steps forward, two steps back. So it's going to be tight. Um, we've got to just believe that we can get over the line. And I think Ollie's right in the summer. I'm not even thinking about the possibilities next season is going to bring. Because if we do get Champions League, obviously back in both domestic cups, then they're going to have to plan for that and and keep the rebuild going and get in better players for, for the positions. We, we all know that we still need them. I mean, if Vicario gets injured now, what we're forced to out, where does that leave us with a goalkeeper, God forbid? I don't even want to mention that. But, you know, there's the, the positions we've got to look at. Um it's, it's going to be tough, but, you know, wouldn't it be lovely to get that Champions League spot and then relax over the summer and see who we bring in and actually look forward to who they're going to bring in and, and, and who's going to go out the door. So, look, we're about halfway through the rebuild, if you believe everything that Andrew's has said, I reckon. So, you know, we're still there. We're still in a good position. We're probably higher up than I thought we were going to be when, when Harry Kane left. So, um, but we've, st- we've really got to start picking some wins up and I think the next game is vital we get all three points yeah I think it is about perspective actually I think that if you ask many Spurs fans uh, at this stage of the season um, you know at the start of the season 13 games to go with fifth two points away from top four I think most people would have taken that um, yeah. and Postacoglu uh, was just asked by BBC Sport about does this rule out Spurs of a title race now his reply was we're tracing trying to be the best team possible uh, we can and progress this year to build something that doesn't change. Our focus is trying to finish strong and developing our football team. Holly, let's come to you. Stephen writes here, um, lose your doggy in Poro. I said go three at the back. Radu, uh, Van de Ven, Romero. Uh, use Benton Kerr and Hoybier to protect the back three. Any combination of Madison, Son, Werner, Johnson, Kulusevski, Richarlison, Saar, Lo Celso, Basuma, uh, Royale, Davis was a bad decision. Now, let's come on. Uh, we'll take Stephen's question, but we'll also look at the starting eleven today because, of course, Postecoglou did make four changes. Son in for Timo Werner, Basuma in for Benton Kerr, Emerson in for Poro, Davis in for Udogi. Um, and by the way, Basuma and Saar and Madison uh, were playing together or next to one another for the first time since the Chelsea game a couple of months ago. So two false changes, two by choice. Um, the team, team lineup is as follows Vicario, Emerson, Royale, Van der Ven, Davis, Basuma, Saar, Kulusevski, Madison, Hunmin Son, and Rashalison. Holly, when you saw that team sheet come out, were you surprised? Any surprises for you? Uh, to be honest with you, I, I, no, just because I knew that I think 
and wasn't going to kind of change his system. I mean, it panics me to to see Emerson Royale and Davies obviously playing in that fullback position. And I kind of agree uh, with the chat that you had with the question in terms of I would have gone back to a back three. I think we brought in Dragon Radisson just to obviously cement that centre-back position. I think it would have been a bit more solid to have him in. But obviously this is Ange and I think he wanted to carry on playing his attacking system. Um, and I think it just, it just wasn't working. It just wasn't clicking. And I think sadly... I think I said on Twitter in terms of with Emerson, in the sense that he's just not quite up to the level when someone, when he hasn't played for a little while, it takes him a little time to get into it, which is fine. It's natural, but the level can't be that much different um, to Pedro Porro. And I think that's sadly where it kind of went wrong. And obviously with Davies as well, you're thinking he's all right at defending, but he hasn't quite got the legs to be able to do that all game. So I thought that was quite interesting that you put that in. But in terms of the rest, I, I could kind of see that that was going to be, obviously, this chat about playing Decky and then bringing on Johnson. I think we've all kind of said that Johnson doesn't necessarily be good at starting games, but has that bit of impact when he comes on um, off the bench, obviously, when he scored against Brighton. So, yeah, for me, I don't think there was many qualms. And obviously, that I think Andrew's going to do something different. I just kind of thought, yeah, I'm going to see Emerson and Davies at the back with that lot. Craig, let's come to you on the starting eleven. And by the way, I should have said the subs today were Skip Hoybier, Dragusin, Brian Hill, Werner, uh, Lacelso, Johnson, Benton Kerr and Austin. Um, Craig, were you surprised by the starting eleven today? Four changes from Postacoglu. Um, not particularly, as, as Holly touched on there with um, Emerson and Davies. We, I think we all kind of knew that those two were going to be in um, ahead of our normal fullbacks. That was pretty obvious. Um, uh, as for the changes up, further up the pitch, I, I mean, uh, that's, it's not bad. I mean, you you would expect that that front four um, to hurt Wolves to a certain degree. Um, but none of them seemed to click. It was almost like they was in second gear all game. Um, and as I say, nothing seemed to work. So, um, look, it's, hindsight's a wonderful thing, right? Um, I'm not sure what else he could have done uh, fullbacks-wise. I mean, you you could have gone to a back three, but I think that goes against almost... I don't think I've ever seen Ange play a back three. So, while we've got that this wonderful Dragushin um, to come in, um, I don't think this would have... Imagine if you'd gone to a back three, everybody's saying, well, why did you change to a back three? You know, we've already seen Ben Davies can't really play wing-back and Emerson Royal certainly can't play wing-back. You've still got the same problem. Yeah, you could have put Kulashevsky uh, as a, as a, as a wing-back. Who would you put on the other wing? Son, that's worked well, didn't it, when 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 he played against that Chelsea game that time. So, so I do get the idea, and it does sound a good idea, but I'm not sure it would have worked. Um, he does like the back four. So... Um, it's just for just for me. It was. It's just like you said, Chris. I was, I was disappointed, really disappointed. Felt low. I and for the first time this season, I never thought at any stage in that game we were going to get back into it at two one. You know, previously I've seen this team score against us, and you think, you know, we're going to go. You know, the last five minutes, injury time, we got a chance here, and it exactly just didn't happen. You know, um, I don't know how everybody else feels watching and listening to this, but that's exactly what I thought. Um, and what I tell you what, Wolves are fast becoming our bogey team, aren't they? You know, um, but fair play to them. I thought they did play well today. They did a number on us. Rangi Chan, I think, is a cracking player as well. Um, I'd really like to see him at Spurs, but the likelihood of Wolves selling him and Neto uh, uh, almost non existent, I'd imagine. So they've got some good players, and it would have been rubbing salt into the wound if um, 
Doherty had scored at the end there. Can you imagine? But uh, thankfully he didn't. But yeah, yeah. Uh, going back to the lineup, probably what I would have expected, pretty much. Um, could he have made changes earlier? I know we'll come on to that. But um, yeah, starting eleven, I'm not sure what else he would have done yet. Craig, Ange Postecoglou has been quite critical of our attacking uh, or the attacking third all season, actually. He said there's so much more to come from the attacking third. He has said that on countless times. Now, in his press conference just now, he said, again, we weren't great first half. We controlled the game, but we weren't threatening enough. Chasing the game is always difficult against a team that is so good on the counter-attack and we were made to pay for it. When you look at the players in that team, Hunlin Son, Richarlison, Kulisevsky, Madison, Saar, Basuma. Why is it not clicking in that final third? Your guess is as good as mine. I wish I had the answer for you. Um, I don't. Um, Richarlison's been scoring a lot of goals lately, which obviously I think we'd all criticised him that, you know, the centre forward needs to be scoring goals. That's his primary job. And he has been, you know, eight or nine goals in, in the last so many games. He's, he's a good return. But today, again, I think he was taking two or three touches to, to get it under control and even then not being able to control it that the ball bounces off him too much um, I, I do like Richarlison I, I really don't want to run him down I really do like Richarlison but the, I, I just don't think he, he's he, there, there is other elements to playing up front and I don't think he's improved in, or he can, can improve in a lot of elements of his game and I think that doesn't help when your centre forward's not holding the ball up uh, brilliantly, letting players come into the game, laying it off, bringing other players in. There was a few times today when the ball just bounced off him. I don't think that helps. Not blaming that fully. I'm just saying that that is certain things I saw today. But they did just seem disjointed. The little triangles didn't seem to work for me. And all they can do is work on it and keep working and working and working in training. Like I say, they've had all week to do this. You know, they've got nothing to worry about midweek. It's just that and, and, and set plays during games and, and how they want where they want them to be. And, you know, I'm not seeing the ball coming out from the back and the little turn, the, the, the um, low-lying midfielder turning and spinning it out to the wing. You used to see that a lot. I didn't see that much, much of that today. That tends to draw the opposition midfield on and then before you know it, you, you've played through them. You've played through their press. I haven't, I haven't seen that the last few weeks. So... I don't know what's changed. Perhaps they are trying something different. And you can't exactly say what that is, but perhaps they are trying different things because, you know, we've conceded a lot of goals if they tweak something slightly. I don't know. But it's just not clicking. It's not right at the moment, is it? And um, as I say, we, we've got some tough games coming up and we can't play like that against some of these other teams because they're going to rip us, rip us apart. Holly, let's come to you. Orkan uh, is, uh, has put a comment on screen now. Um, pretty critical of Richarlison. Uh, Richie's purple patch is over. He shouldn't be in the starting, uh, starting game. So poor. Put Son up front and Werner or Johnson on the left. You doggy and Poro were out today. Big misses. Um, quicker subs. Holly, let's talk a little bit about the subs. Let's talk a little bit about Richarlison. I know uh, when I was on your show a couple of weeks ago, uh, you mentioned that perhaps Richarlison would drop out the team. And I, I, I was quite surprised, you know, because of the amount of goals that he scored lately. What do you make of Richarlison? Are we going to see the very best? And when I say that, a consistent Richarlison. The thing is, where he's had that little stint of scoring lots of goals in every single game, it's kind of then we, I keep saying this, we always have a high expectation for that player again to re reduce the same sort of things. And I think with Richarlison, we're not 
quite going to get that. As much as we want that to happen, I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but I don't know. I, the trouble is with Richardson, as we all know, we've got a few players in the team that rely heavily on confidence. And it's whether you take him out, whether he's like, going to become a worse player when he then comes off. Uh, if he doesn't start a game and he comes on, is he going to be wanting to prove more and does kind of does more with the ball and then does something silly and doesn't think like we kind of see with him? So it's a difficult one. I did want to see, though, uh, quite early on in the game when things weren't quite clicking for us early on to see put Sonny through the middle and put Richie out wide. I don't know if that was going to, because we always have this debate whether Sonny's better down the middle or whether he's better out wide. But I think today, if we did that a little bit quicker, we might have been able to mix things up a bit more and create something a bit more. Because I think for Richardson today, it just wasn't working. And you could see he was getting frustrated. I think there's a couple of times where he made a couple of fouls and you're thinking, you didn't need to do that, mate. And I think that was pure frustration. So, yeah, in terms of Richardson, I don't think we're necessarily going to get a consistent out of him. But again, if he goes on a run like he did a couple of weeks ago where he was picking up goals every game, then you're happy. But then if he does have this purple patch, maybe move him out wide and bring Sonny in just to, to give us something different because it just wasn't working today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Let's go into the game instance. Uh, Holly, let's stay with you. After 45 seconds, Richarlison put in a good cross. Um, he was headed away. After five minutes, first shot on target in the game from 30 yards. Easy for Vicario. A minute later, a shot from Semedo. Vicario saved. Um, and that's the one where um, Wang Hee Chan put it out over the bar. Um, I think that we ought to mention Vicario today, Holly, because if it wasn't for Vicario, it would have been a lot more, wouldn't it? A great performance from him. Definitely. And I think that's the thing. I think, obviously, I know we're talking about Vicario, but I always bring up Mickey van der Ven. But I think those two really did save our bacon at some time today. And especially Vicario, because I think there was, I think it was one save he did. I know, I think it was offside, but I still was like, how on earth has he saved that? Like, it's ridiculous. The saves that he manages to pull off are incredible. And I think without him, like you say, it could have been a lot more in their favour. Um, it's, it's just frustrating that to think that we have Romero and Mickey van der Ven in front of him. We all kind of thought, that's it, it's fine now. But we still, at some points in the game, and I don't know whether it's because we were playing a high line with the likes of Davies and Emerson, but we still look very, very vulnerable um, at the back in that game today. But yeah, full credit to Vicario. It could have been a lot more without him. Craig, let's come to you. I want to talk about Tottenham defensively. Um, before I do, in the 14th minute, Ben Davies had a shot um, just outside the box, shot over the bar. Um, and then after 15 minutes, Wolves had a glorious chance. The player was on the edge of the box, was actually given time to change his feet and then shoot with his preferred foot. Um, didn't go in, obviously. Um, Van der Ven, uh, I've got written down here, a couple of great tackles from him. And uh, I feel a little bit sorry for Van der Ven because I feel like, you know, the last couple of weeks, great performances from him. And, uh, you know, to be on the losing side for him must be extremely disappointing. Um, 
Of course, Spurs conceded the goal after 42 minutes. Free header, Gomez, free header from a corner. Now, Ange Postacoglu, in his press conference just now, he was asked the question, do Tottenham concede too many chances defensively? His reply was this, I don't think we do. Today, we conceded two or three good chances on the counter. Against Wolves, that is going to happen. For us, we're still trying to build something. Um, I think a lot of our defence work this season has been outstanding. We'll keep trying to improve in all areas of our game. Defensively, what do you think of Tottenham today? I have to say I don't agree with Ange there at all. Um, I know we went through that phase where we hadn't conceded from a corner for X amount of games. Um, that seems to have changed. The, the, the player who scored, I can't remember it was for Wolves, that first goal. Um, he's not the tallest player. Um, Gomez got both of them. Go, go, oh, right. Okay, Gomez. Yeah, I must have wiped that from your memory. Um, he's not the tallest player. And as you say, a free header. Um, now, you watch it back um, when you watch it on Match of the Day later tonight. It's shocking defending. It's, if, if my son's team had been defending like that, you, you'd be disappointed, you know, it, um, or you'd expect it. You know what I mean? It's, it's just, he's, he's all alone. He could have put it anywhere. Um, it, that, that, that ain't right. I mean, are we zonal? Do we mark zonally? Do we go man for man? It seems to be a bit of both sometimes. Um, today, for me, with that first goal, they seem so more bothered about protecting Vicario than he's, they, they kind of forgot that the players were there there in the box to just head the ball in. That's how it looked to me. Um, but he's, he's not very good. We're not, yeah, you're going to concede a few chances on counter-attacks. That's just the way we play. That That's going to happen. I don't think you'll ever stop that. But the defending as a whole is just not being very good the last few weeks. We can't keep conceding goals. That's another two. I mean, it's, it's, it's not good. It's not good. Don't get me wrong. If we were scoring four or five up the other end, you wouldn't care as much, but we're not at the moment. So it's kind of the double-edged sword there. Um, that marking, Chris, it was dreadful. Absolutely awful. And it's not the first time, is it, this season? Were you surprised, though, Craig? Like, half-time, we had 64% of the ball. To Wolves, 36%. Shots on target, Spurs zero, Wolves four. When you have that much percent uh, of possession in the first 45 minutes, surely you've got to create chances. Surely you've got to have shots on target in the opening 45, particularly after, you know, the Brighton game for me was very similar. The way that we started the game, the way that it was very slow, the way we all felt at halftime. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I do agree. It's, the thing is about possession, um, we used to get it under Poch a lot, didn't we? You know, possession means nothing if you don't do anything with it. It's that old thing. Um, used to dominate most teams we've played up against, with the exception of something like the City. Um, you dominate possession, but you don't do much with it. That's pretty much our game in total today, isn't it? And, and Wolves probably deserve to win that game today. It pains me to say it, but I, I, I can't sit here and say, oh, we deserved a draw, because I don't think we did. Um and it's weird, isn't it? A team, you know, team team has lower possession than you. You think, oh, right, that must have been battering them. We were. We were doing a lot of nice passing around um, on the edge, you know, in the final third, edge of the box. Just wasn't coming off. Just wasn't creating enough. Real real guilt edge chances, apart from the Ben Davies header at the end. Um, he just got a bit in front of the ball. You know, it was a bad header. He should, he should have put it in, but I don't know, we'll come on to it. But, you know, it, it, 
you can't blame that. It's I know I know what Gary was saying about that. Absolutely, it was a bad miss, hundred percent. And you think, oh my God, this is not definitely not our day. And you know, you, I couldn't say that we just, you know, if that had gone in, we would it would have been a deserved draw. And that's the sad thing. But you know, no shots on target in the first half. That's that's not good. Angie's not going to be happy about that. I just want to see, as I said earlier, to have shots from different places, not try the same thing. It just seems like the same thing. He's getting it out to the wing, putting the low crosses in. It's going to work a few times, but if that's all you're doing, which is, to me, that's what it seems like we're trying to do. And if we're not doing that, we're trying to play intricate passes through condensed areas where there's a lot of players. He's just not going to get through. So I just want to see it a bit different sometimes because it's obviously not working at the moment. Have teams worked us out? You know, is is that what it's about? A, a manager, you know, that first ten games, they, nobody really knew what it was all about. Have they suddenly looked at it tactically and worked us out? Possibly. Holly, after the half-time break, I think it took just thirty-four seconds for Dian Kulaseski to put the ball through uh, Sars' legs to make it one-one. A great finish from the Sweden international. Um, what do you think, Anne said at half-time, and talk me through that finish from Kulaseski. I was going to say, I tweeted, I was like, I hope Ange puts a rocket up their butts because they need to come out and actually do something second half and blow me. He went and did it in, what, 30 odd seconds, like you said. So, yeah, it was it was a strange one, to be honest with you, because I think I just about sat down and still the ball kind of back of the net. But when I watched it back, it was almost like there was a bit of confusion um, in, in the middle of the ball. I think it was Richarlison and Decky took the ball kind of off of Richarlison, managed to put it through someone's legs and then put it through the goalkeeper's legs as well. And it literally came from nothing, um, which was nice because it was almost like there's a bit desire to actually get the ball in the back of the net which we keep talking about in terms of we're doing the same thing but it was quite nice to see him try a little bit of trickery to go through someone's legs and then toe poke it into the back uh, of the net but it's something like we said from Spurs that we want to see something different and like Craig keeps going on about in the sense that we are doing the same things and at times I just want us to shoot and it felt like it was like that was it. We're going to actually shoot now, which was nice. So I think it's good for Decky as well, because obviously there's been a little bit of criticism from him in terms of, is he the player he was at the start of the season? I know you can say that a lot about a lot of players, but he is coming under a little bit of fire. So for me, it was great for him to, to get that, that goal under his belt. And I was hoping that it was going to push us on to get another one. And it did for a little bit, and then it kind of died down again. Holly, who was your man of the match today? I'll have to say Vicario or Mickey van der Ven, I think. And, and that's not me being biased because of Mickey, but I think, like we kind of said, if it wasn't for Vic, the scoreline could have been totally different. It could have been a lot more in Wolves' favour. Um, and I just think everybody else was just so disjointed. There wasn't really a player, apart from, I know Decky scored, but there wasn't really a player in our midfield and, and, our, and our top line that was doing much. It was almost like we were just doing needless passes backwards and sideways constantly. And, it's just not the way I want to see Spurs play. So for me, the fact that Vicario managed to make those saves that he needed to make to keep the goals out, the fact that Mickey van der Ven, even for one of the chances where Vic pulled off a great save, the ball came back out and Mickey van der Ven made sure he was in the right place to, to mop it up, I think kind of shows those two players work so incredibly well together. We just need the rest of the team to kind of be singing on the same hymn sheet because at the moment we're really not. Yeah, well said, Holly. I think two... Um... Big positives today, uh, Mickey van der Ven, again, uh, a tremendous footballer, tremendous defender, and of course, Vicario saves it yet again. Um, Craig, let's talk about another Vicario save, because in the 56th minute, um, a fantastic cross into the box. Uh, Wanhee Chan there again, Vicario there again. Um, I've got to say, 
Wolves on the counter attack, unbelievable. Gary O'Neill, like I've said, I'll say it again, has done a fantastic job since you know arriving in the summer. Um, but another fantastic save from Vicario. It was, and you're dead right about um, Wolves. And you know that apparently they've got um, their one goal behind their total goal tally from last season already, and there's still what 13 games to go. So you can show, you can tell that he's actually gotten playing a bit more attacking football and scoring more goals, stands to reason. Um, yeah, Vicario, you know, he, he had a couple of blips, but he, he was just, the saves he pulls off, the shot-stopping ability is just just brilliant. There was one he actually saved, it was actually offside. I, I think that was might be the one you're talking about. But yeah, he didn't obviously know that at the time, but it was an unbelievable reflex save. But it does worry me, as I said before, who is our goalie if he gets injured? Is it is it Brandon Austin? Does he come in? Because... You know, it is a worry, though, isn't it? You know, I mean, who does come in? Um, I'm not even going to wipe it from my um, from my thoughts because that would just be uh, horrendous. But yeah, where would we be without Vicario? And everybody was banging the drum for Raya, weren't they? Me included. Just go and get him. Just go and get him. And again, cracking bit of recruitment. Um, and I can only see him getting better. But he's got to have. Um, I'd rather see him do nothing, you know. I'd rather him have nothing to do in games, uh, as much as I like to see goalkeepers make world-class saves. But you know, he's got to have that bit of protection in front of him. He can't save everything, as we're finding out. So, yeah, yeah, it's um, more work needed, I think. Craig, let's stay with you because Stephen writes on screen here: this system only works if fullbacks are of the ilk of Pedro Porro and Udogi. We lost as soon as the lineup was announced. I spoke about this before kickoff. Uh, there was one instant actually where Emerson Royale uh, tried to pass the ball over to Ben Davis and it went out, which everyone <laughs> huge groan at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium here. Um, is it all about the fullbacks? Because we know what Pedro Porro and Destiny Udogi, both of them have had excellent seasons so far. Um, full respect to both of them. It's not, it's not a simple job coming in for one of them, is it? No, it's not. And I think that proved that today. And that, that, that incident you mentioned there with Emerson Royale, I just laughed, I must admit, when I saw it. I was like, oh, my God, this is, this is kind of the difference. And, you know, it, the difference is, right, when we lost our centre-backs, um, we more or less had uh, – I know we missed a doggy for a game after the Chelsea game. Uh, but we had one or the other, didn't we? We had Porro. But I don't think we've ever had a time previous when we've not had Porro and um, your doggy. I might be wrong. Um, but I don't think we've ever had that. And obviously the centre-back role was obviously more natural to um, Royale and Ben Davis because they're more defensively minded. And it does go to show, like you say, that that full-back role under Ange is a lot more technical than we probably even realised. Um, the different positions you've got to be in um, that Ange wants you in, and they, they just weren't doing it today. That's perhaps not just down to the fact that they're not that type of player. It's just the fact they haven't been asked to play that week after week like Poro and the doggy have done. Um, and it's not natural for them to do. So I'm not going to dig them out completely, but they, neither of them had good games. But then again, I don't think anybody had good games. When you asked Holly who the man of the match was, if you said, um, I'm surprised you didn't say Harry Winks, by the way, but uh, yeah, there you go. Um, if you take Vicario out of it, then it's it difficult. I, I was going to say exactly that. If you take Van der Ven and Vicario out of it, who's man of the match? Who is then? it? 
well, I can't hand on heart tell you who, who I'd give it to. There's not one of them. Um, and that's telling, isn't it? You know, a, a few games this season, it's been difficult to choose the man of the match. Oh, dear. Um, but but he, he just touching on Band of N, I know that wasn't the question, but he is a Rolls Royce of a defender. I can only see him getting better. I mean, where would we be without him? It's just phenomenal. Um, but Romero, for me, hasn't been brilliant in the last few weeks. He, he's been okay. He's certainly not been the worst on the pitch, but I just want to see him doing the things that he used to do. Perhaps he's been told to calm down a bit because I don't think he's got a card over the last four or five weeks, has he? So has that changed? Has something changed there, you know? Isuma, you don't see him running past players with the ball anymore, like we saw in the first 10 games, you know, almost like Dembele used to do. So I don't get it. Something's, something's changed. And I, I've said that two or three times, but I don't know what, what has changed. If anybody's got any ideas, please put it in the comments because I'll be really intrigued to know people's thoughts. Holly, let's talk about Dian Kulisewski again. Because in the 60th minute, he had a good uh, shot, a uh, goal. Uh, Saar saved it very well. Uh, three minutes later, he had a shot blocked. Uh, and in the same minute, Gomez put Wolves 2-1 up, which, of course, turned out to be the winner. A great counter from Wolves and a great finish. It really was. And it was really disappointing. I think it was Basuma in the middle that kind of like lost his balance a little bit and then got the ball taken off him. Um, and then obviously, like you said, they ran down and counter-attacked and, and scored. The most annoying thing for me in that whole passage of play was the fact, like you said, we had three good chances and then all of a sudden that high intense pressure on them, suddenly the roles are reversed and then we concede. Um, it was so annoying because I hate picking out Emerson, but it was just a point where you can see him running out wide, the player with the ball, and Emerson just still stays in the middle. And I'm thinking, if you go across, we've got Daddy Longlegs, Mickey van der Ven coming back. You've got the other two that were coming back as well that I can't remember off the top of my head. But it was just allowing them too much space on that wide, which drove me nuts. And then obviously it was a, a nice, cool, calm finish across goal and then in the back of the net. So it was one of those where you think, giving them so much pressure that they can't get out. We're pinning them in and then bang. It was um, full credit to Wolves. Again, like we said, they've done their homework. They know that we're going to play that high line, put all that pressure on them and bang, they score obviously a great counter-attacking goal. But it's just, again, it's frustrating. It's those little things. And we wouldn't moan so much or complain so much if it wasn't such fine line margins at the moment in terms of if we were scoring four goals, like kind of like Craig said earlier, we wouldn't care if we conceded two because we still get the three points, if that kind of makes sense. But where we are dealing with fine margins at the moment, when we concede like that, it's like brilliant. Great. Here we go again. Holly, I just want to take a couple of questions here from the viewers and listeners. Chris writes here, we just had a day off. People slating players is silly. Uh, Philippe writes, um, Angie's magic has fallen off. Everyone in the league has now mastered his tactics. Are they fair? Are they fair comments? I don't know. I, I get in terms of obviously slating players, and, and don't get me wrong, I've, I've sat here today and probably said a lot about Emerson, and I've probably watched this back and think I was probably a little bit harsh, but I think it's because, and again, where I go back to this whole thing of we've put some of these players like Adogi and Pedro Porro so much higher than the other ones, so when they come in and we see there's such a difference, it's frustrating. And of course, you're going to pick up on those those kind of things that, that have happened that frustrate you in a game. Um, in terms of losing Andrew's magic, I think it's still a bit too early to tell. OK, yes, we've seen a, a shift in the way we've played, but we've we've spoken before about these suspensions. Again, that was awful, but we've, we have we couldn't explain these injuries that happened to us. Obviously, players then leaving, and I know other teams will say, well, we've had injuries as well, but... I think we've we've highlighted a key issue in this team in terms of when we lose the likes of our fullbacks. And I know that wasn't entirely today, but you lose the overlapping play. You lose players coming in and players going out because I don't think Emerson and Davies really had that 
in their locker at times today. So I think it's probably too early to say he's lost his magic. And I also think, again, because we had such a great start at the start of the season, I think we are still getting ahead of ourselves. I think it is sometimes good to sit back and put in perspective. And I not always go back to it, and we always do. But losing Harry Kane was a massive blow for us. And the fact that we're now playing a brand new system with a brand new group of players that we've had in and out throughout the whole season. You're never really going to build that consistency. And probably, like we said, the first 10 games is when we had that consistency. And since then, it's been all over the gaff. So I would say it's probably a bit harsh to say that, that Ange has lost it a little bit. I think we just need to keep settled, keep where we are grounded and just hope we get to the top four and see what the summer brings for us. Holly, just want to stay with you. In the 68th minute, um, Hunmin Son to James Madison at the, uh, the end of the box. Uh, Madison shot over the bar. I think that's the only notes that I've written about Hunmin Son at James Madison uh, today. What did you make of both of them today? Again, I think Madison is still a little bit off. I think he's still a bit tired in the sense of he's, he's been out for a little while. Sonny obviously has, has only come back. This was obviously, he didn't start in the Brighton game. He came on, so he's probably still knackered. Um, and I think, again, it's it's the it's about them coming back together with the other players that have been out. We're still trying to find our feet again after so long of not having everybody together. But they were very quiet. I think there was only maybe a couple of times where you see that bit of magic from Madders where he spins someone and puts a ball through. I just don't think there was enough movement in the middle of the park. Everybody kind of seemed to be on top of each other. Now, I don't know whether that's because Wolves were playing so compact. I think at one point everybody was behind the ball and we do struggle with um, teams that put everyone behind the ball. But again, I don't think that's an excuse. We should have enough within us to be able to produce something, especially with that front line. And like you say, with Sonny and Madison, I just purely think there's been so much not pressure put on them, but with Sonny being away and just coming back, he's knackered. Madison's been out for a long time. He's, he's still getting back into the rhythm of things. And it, it will come. It's just frustrating because we know what they can do. Craig, let's come to you. Now, um, as soon as we went live, uh, people in the uh, comments, the viewers and the listeners, were stating um, about the subs, unhappy with subs today. In the 71st minute, and made a treble sub. Uh, coming on, Timo Werner, Johnson and Benton Kerr and going off Sartre, Richarlison and Basuma. What would you have done differently? Was that, was that right that Ange uh, made that treble sub at that time? I would have personally bought him on. I'd like to see him given at least half an hour, to be honest. Um, I, th I think the players on the bench are the players on the bench. That's all you've got to play with. I don't think, I think you could have taken off anybody, really, Chris, uh, I'm not but, sure what. But let, let's face it, the bench is a lot stronger than what it was, and 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 it is. Know, stronger than what it has been all season with with these players coming back one by one. It is, yeah, yeah, it is. Um, but it just seemed like they were coming into. It must have been a tough game to come into. But there's part of me thinks players like Johnson, you know, you could have seen the way that was going from the bench. And want to come on and say, right, I'm going to show him what I'm about. I'm going to turn this game. And that's the thing for me. Nobody seemed to take the game by the scruff of the neck and, and really turn it. I personally would have liked to have seen the subs made a bit earlier so the players were given a bit more time to do that. Um, it's so difficult to uh, to know what the right formula was. Perhaps Ange didn't know what to do today. He obviously tried something a bit different, taking Richarlison on. Was Werner up front or was it Son? I couldn't actually work out. Or they, they seemed to be rotating a bit. They really. did rotate. And at one time, that I was going to come on to that because uh, Hunmin Son did go into the middle for the last 10 minutes. Um, that was another question that I was going to ask both of you. Um, Timo Werner, Hunmin Son, 
you know, where would you have played certain players? Did and get that right today? Son, I mean, we've said before. I've been on here and said like Son down the middle when he scored his hat trick. I think I think he was down the middle when we when he got his hat trick earlier in the season. They think yeah, Son's clinical finisher, and then he had some games where he was a bit quiet. And I think we all say oh, Son's better from the left. Personally, I think Son is better from the left. Um, but when Werner's in the team, is Son better down the middle, or could you put Son on the right? Um, it's a difficult one. Werner certainly is not a centre-forward for me because he can't head the ball. Um, I'd like to have seen Werner on the right and use his, his right foot to cross the ball because he's right-footed. Um, Kulisewski drives me nuts sometimes because all he does is cut inside and, and, and onto his left foot. And he got caught out a couple of times today doing that because players know what he's going to do. It just seems to be, for me, like somebody said in the comments earlier, it's, it's predictable. I think that's, that's exactly the, the great word to use. We are predictable and the other teams know what we're going to do and we need to do something differently. Whether that be um, getting a... Actually, while I think of it, I think for me, Veliz is a totally different kind of striker. He's gutted that he actually got injured and I'm a bit gutted that he actually left, but he's he's young, he needs game time. But he's a different option from the bench. We seem to have a lot of players that are very similar. Um, Having something different coming, you know... You could say Gill's very similar to Werner. You could say Kulashevsky's very similar to Johnson, you know, even though, even though Johnson's obviously a bit quicker. But it's the end products. We, 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 oh, it drives you insane, doesn't it? It's that end product in the final third. It's the, the, we're used to be having Harry Kane up there being clinical, having one chance, scoring one goal. Didn't always work like that, but more often than not, you know, you know you give the ball to Kane and half a chance and he's going to score. We've lost that. And while people are banging in the goals like Richarlison, getting the odd goal in games, eight, nine games, scoring goals, great. It's all going swimmingly. But then you get a game like today when we're not creating chances and we're not putting shots on target. It's all very well having the possession. If, but if you're not creating chances and not shooting, you're not going to score. And that's the part that drives me mad. I want to see us having more long shots like Madison's one today. That was really close. More of those, you know? Dian Kulisewski has just said it's the worst feeling. I hate to lose. And I know exactly how he feels, as you do. Yeah. Um, Holly, let's come to you in the 78th minute. Another counter-attack, fantastic counter-attack from Wolves. Uh, thankfully, they missed this opportunity. Another fantastic ball in from the right-hand side. Um, three minutes later, uh, they had a shot on target. Macario gathered. Um, as I mentioned, the last 10 minutes of the game, Hunmin Son played through the middle. Timo Werner then came out to the left. Um, Holly... Another couple of subs, five minutes from time, Emerson Royale and Madison going off, Celso and Hoybier coming on. At that point in the game, you think that we need to change something drastically. We need to try and get that equaliser or even two goals to win the game. What could Ange have done differently? Because many people are criticising the subs today. Just brought them on earlier, I think. I think we could all see, when we conceded, obviously, that, that second goal, I was like, right, change it now. Because there was so much pressure, but those players still couldn't create something. And I was thinking, we've pinned them in so much, someone shoot and and no one was. I think when you've got a chance like that, I think that's when we should have maybe made the changes. Because Brian Giolo Celso, yes, he could create something different, but he hasn't got enough time to to put himself into the game, especially where he hasn't played a lot of games in, in a little while. It's almost like you're expecting a lot from him, if that makes sense. So I probably would have done it earlier. And the whole Sonny thing last 10 minutes, again, I said to you earlier, I would have, 
preferred to seen Sonny down the middle earlier on in the game because it just wasn't working the way we were playing. We know, like Craig said, he's clinical in front of goal. If, if Richie isn't on his A game, stick him out wide and put Sonny through the middle. So it's difficult because, again, he hasn't really got a lot to work with in terms of, obviously, we've spoken about that those fullbacks were the ones that, that create a lot for us um, and we didn't have them. So there wasn't a lot else he could have done. I just think it was the timing, again. that, that And it, it's happening reg- more regularly, I think. It's just... I don't know whether it's because we're dealing with fine margins at the moment, which is causing the trouble. But yeah, for me, it wasn't necessarily the personnel. It was more so the timing, I think. Holly, is this team good enough to finish in the top four, in your opinion? I want to say yes, because I think we've got enough firepower to do so. We just need to iron out these mistakes and pick up the pace a little bit because we, we've spoken a lot today. It was just a lot of sideways and a lot of nothingness in terms of passing. There wasn't a lot of conviction in what we were doing. I know they were playing, obviously, lots of players behind the, the ball. And I know it is difficult to break those players down, but you're not going to do it sideways at a 0% pace. Like It needs to be quick and it just wasn't today. So... If we can iron that out, and obviously with this little bit of time we've got between now and obviously the game coming up, I should hope. And I, and I think this will put a rocket out their butts that we're so close to everybody else above us. We just really need to kick on. And I hope that's going to really enforce the players to do so. Craig, let's come to you um, to end the analysis of the game today. Spurs 1, Wolves 2. Ben Davis right at the end. Could have got Tottenham Hotspur a point. How are you feeling when that ball was floated into his head? As I said before, I was I was actually thought he was going to put it in because I've seen Ben Davis hit the ball and score goals before. I think he's, he's not that bad in the air. He's not that bad a header of the ball. I think he just got ahead of it a bit, uh, if you pardon the pun. Um, it's, oh, it just needed a touch, didn't it? Anything on it, and he got too much on it. And you could see, you could see a head in his hands. Um, he knew what had happened to it. Can I honestly say, like I say, that we deserved it? If we'd scored, I would have took it. But no, we I don't think we deserved it. But it would have kind of papered over the cracks, I think, getting a point out of that game. Uh, bad miss, obviously. But, you know, it is what it is. And and we move on. It's it's um, it's frustrating. I'll just pick up on what the question you asked, Holly. Are we good? Is this squad good enough to get top four? <laughs> I, I don't know. Every week, it, I feel differently. It's weird. Um, we put in a decent performance. You think, yes, we are. This squad is good enough to get top four. And then you watch today. You have the double done over you by Wolves. And you think, nah, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe it's not good enough. Are we going to sneak it? I still think we could do it. I do. Um, and as I say, I think that Champions League spot will go down to fifth. Are we better than Manchester United and, and Villa? Or can we beat those two? It's kind of a mini league between us three, isn't it? That's what it is. Um, sadly, I think Liverpool, um, City and that mob down the road who seem to be annoyingly picking up some very good wins and not conceding many goals are, um, are, are really pushing away now. So it's kind of a mini league between us three and it's almost possibly going to be two from three. Um, we just got to hope, haven't we? And just keep going and keep believing. I don't think there's much else you can do. It's certainly going to be about consistency from now until the end of the season. As I mentioned, first Premier League games left uh, until the end of the season to May. Uh, a long way to go yet. Um, 
Craig, I just wanted to ask both of you this question. Hans Postacoglu link, uh, being linked to Liverpool. What do you make of it? Nah, a load of rubbish. He's not going to go. No, I don't think he's going to. I think it's just one of those that the media like to drum up a little bit of controversy, a little bit of a talking point. Um, I think Andrew's here for the long run in terms of this project. So, yeah, I'll just ignore that one. Oli, let's stay with you. Next up, of course, uh, Crystal Palace at home uh, here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on the 2nd of March. We were due to play Chelsea uh, next week, but of course, uh, they will be playing in their League Cup final against Liverpool. So, obviously, wishing Liverpool all of the very best for that one. Um, <laughs> <laughs> now, of course, um, we've got a week off, so to speak. You know, all the other um, teams will be playing in the Premier League next uh, week. Of course, Spurs are fifth in the Premier League right now. Um, Holly, our next game, Crystal Palace on the 2nd of March. Their last six games, uh, and of course, Roy Hodgson is currently in hospital, uh, wishing him a speedy recovery and all the very best. And it's an interesting one because Oliver Glazner, who has been linked with the job, was actually here at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium today. And of course, we face Palace in a couple of weeks. So whether Roy is actually going to be given the push in the next couple of days, that's going to be an interesting one. Uh, but they have had two terrible results uh, in recent weeks, uh, losing 4-1 away at Brighton and losing at home 3-1 against Chelsea. Uh, their last six Premier League games, two wins, one draw, three defeats. Um, they have played 24. They've only won six. They've drawn six. Uh, they've lost 12, got a goal difference of minus 16. 24 points, they aren't that far away from the relegation zone. Holly, what do you think? Has to be a win. But now when you said me obviously about Roy Hodgson and I wish him a speedy recovery as well, but when you say there could be a new manager bounce, I'm thinking, oh my word, especially the way we've been playing at the minute. It just kind of, you think, oh God, the, the stars are aligning for Palace to come to play us. But we should get the job done. And I know that's a lovely thing saying before the game's even kicked off. But it's one of those, when you look at the stats, you're thinking... We've got so much firepower. We should be putting goals against them, especially if they're they're so far near the bottom. Um, but as we all know, no game's easy in the Premier League, especially for us at the minute. But yeah, the fact is at home again. Yes, I know we've lost today, but again, that'll be another boost, hopefully. And like I say, they, these players have got a point to prove. Um, it'd be great to beat, obviously, another London club. And it's got to be one of those that can obviously push on this bounce back in terms of picking more points up because we've said that the next kind of run of fixtures after Palace is going to be extremely difficult and this needs to be one to set us up. Um, and I'm going to this game, so knowing me, I'm going to jinx it as well. So hopefully I don't. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a very interesting one to say the least. Sorry, I had to just run off. Just had a quick picture with uh, Fabio. So he is still here. Oh, brilliant. Um, Craig, let's come to you on the Crystal Palace game. Um, and I also wanted to ask as well, is it a good thing Spurs having a week off? Because Anne said in his press conference yesterday uh, about they could have played a possible friendly. Is it a good thing or a bad thing to have a week off during this part of the season? Oh, I, I don't think it's good personally. I, I think I, I think if you, if you win, you want to keep that momentum and, and keep going. Uh, if you lose, you want to get it back out there as quickly as possible and put it right. Um, it, it's just unfortunate, isn't it, that that Chelsea are are in the bloody final uh, and we got the week off, and that's going to see that's that's the thing, isn't it? That game's going to be squeezed in somewhere, and I bet you they stick it in between. Uh, one of the big games we've got coming up, the Liverpool or, or um, Bloody City, it's, it's frightening that run of fixtures, like I say. But, you know, got to be in it to win it. 
<laughs> you never know. We could go Anfield and get our first win in God knows how long. Um, but, hey, it's not good, in my opinion, to have this week off. Yes, they've got longer to work on it. Yes, we could have Porro and um, Udogi back. I'm not sure what Udogi's done. I know Porro posted that he's back soon. I would hope that they're both back uh, for the for the Palace game. You would imagine... Um, I don't know the extent of Eze and uh, Elise's uh, hamstrings. I think they've both got hamstrings. So, will they be back? I don't know. Two big players for Palace. Um, but as Holly said, look, it's... it's, it's it's, it's a win, isn't it? It can't be anything else. You can't see anything else. But new manager, Baz. I actually thought Roy had been sacked, but obviously that's wrong. Um, he's technically still the manager of Palace. Um, it's a difficult one, there, isn't it? I mean, how do you go to somebody that's in hospital um, and tell them that they've got the boot? It's not likely to happen. Uh, interim manager, you would think this fella's going to come in. Um, and take over from Roy. But um, let's just say all the best to Roy Hodgson. I like Roy, um, and I'm sure Palace will um, do, do the best by him. So, so yeah, but I still want to still beat him 10-0. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, our 13 remaining Premier League games are as follows. In March, it's Palace at home, Villa away, Fulham away, Luton at home. And then in April, West Ham away, Forest at home, Newcastle away, Man City and Arsenal both at home. Uh, in May, Liverpool away, Burnley at home and Sheffield United away. And of course, as you both mentioned, we've got to squeeze that uh, away game in against Chelsea. Now, um, of course, channel regular um, Ricky Norwood is currently on Dancing on Ice. He has sent us this message and his score prediction. So we'll get your score predictions in a minute for the Crystal Palace game. He is doing extremely well on Dancing on Ice. So please do get your votes in tomorrow when he will be uh, performing yet again. And... Uh, this will put a smile on your face because he does actually look like he's done this video lost in Watford where the studios are not that far away. Hello, you beautiful people. Um, I hope you are all doing well. I hope we've had a fantastic result against Wolves. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. But I thought I'd give you a little bit of an update on Dancing on Ice. And also, just to say thank you to every single one of you that have voted for me and that have kept me in the game this far, man. You guys are amazing, and I really appreciate your love and support, as always. So, a little update. Uh, this week is personal week, so I will be dancing to... Bob Marley, Three Little Birds, which I am ecstatic about. I can't wait, honestly. Um, I've loved Bob for a very, very long time. Um, his music, his messages, and how you you can relate your own kind of thoughts and feelings towards his music. I, I, and I've loved dancing to him all week. So I'm really looking forward to this week's performance. Um, also, you wanted a little score prediction for Tottenham uh, against Palace. And I'm going to go 3-0 Tottenham. I see a clean sheet happening against Palace. Um, I see Sonny up to speed. I see Madison up to speed. I see the boys wanting to kind of really put a run together and start to make something of this uh, final part of the league. So uh, come on, you Spurs. A big 3-0 win. Love you all. And thank you again for all your love and support. It means so much. You take care. Come on. As Ricky mentioned, please do get your votes in for him on Dancing on Ice. We want him to go as far as possible. We do miss him on the podcast, but we don't want him back too soon. We want him to go all the way. And, uh, you know, as Christopher Dean said, he is uh, the most improved on the show. So he's doing extremely well. Um, Craig, before we get your score prediction, Holly, let's get yours first. Tottenham v Palace in two weeks' time. 
I'm going to go 3-1. I think, like I said, it, we, we've got, well, what is it, two weeks to, to sort ourselves out for and to put that rocket up our butts and actually start the game decent and move the ball quick. Um, it's got to be nothing but a win. I still think we're going to be leaky at the back uh, because we always are at the moment, uh, regardless of whether Vicario is on it. I just, this, the defence at the moment from, from corners and kind of set pieces is just a real worry for me. So I think we'll leak a goal, but it's definitely going to be three points, I think. Craig, before we come to you, we're now going to get the thoughts of a famous broadcaster. He has just come out of the celebrity jungle. He is a former politician and a Crystal Palace fan. But I must say he is here only to provide a score prediction and not to give any political views. And his views and opinions are his own and do not necessarily reflect those of the Spurs Chat podcast. Let's hear from Nigel Farage. It's Nigel Farage here with a message for Chris and the Spurs Chat Podcast. Now, guys, my family have supported Palace for generations. And on the 2nd of March, yep, it's Tottenham v Palace. Well, you guys are having a pretty solid season. You're fourth, by the way, magnificent stadium. I've been a couple of times. It is unbelievable. Certainly a bit more upmarket than Selhurst Park. I uh, have to say, Palace having a tough season. Hodgson uh, has not looked great. He's not very well. Uh, Palace are going to have to fight very hard to avoid relegation. So I think my prediction for the game, uh, it's going to be 2-1 to Tottenham, I'm afraid to say. My favourite memory as a Palace fan, well, it had to be the FA Cup final of 1990. Palace, there in the final. Didn't go our way, but it was an absolutely epic, epic game. So, guys, you're doing much, much better than us. As I say, my prediction for March 2nd, 2-1 Tottenham. Craig, let's come to you. So, Ricky Norwood's gone for 3-0. Holly's gone for 3-1. Nigel Farage has gone for 2-1 Tottenham. What are you going for? <laughs> so random. I didn't even realise he, he was a Palace fan. Uh, that is mental. I mean, Ricky Norwood and Nigel Farage. That, that's a combination. That's a combination. Um, firstly, great to see Ricky. Um, I think he's been doing fantastically. You've been watching every, him every week. Rick, if you're watching this, absolutely love you a bit. has been voting for you. Um, Really good to hear you. You make me feel better just hearing your voice. He really, really does. Um, and, and Nigel Farage, I have to agree with Nigel, actually. I think it's going to be 2-1 Tottenham. I think they're going to concede. Um, but uh, I think we'll just get over the line. I was going to, I was tempted to go against everything I said tonight and say 4-1 Tottenham. But that's, I think, it's just a pipe dream. Thinking we'll bounce back that, that well. 2-1 um, Tottenham, I'll go for. And I think Werner will get his first goal. Please, T-Row, score, please. Final question of the podcast for both of you. Where do you think that Spurs will finish at the end of the season when we have played the 13 remaining games? Holly, let's start with you. Uh, I'm going to go fifth, I think. Um, I'm hoping Craig has spoken the thing into existence that uh, fifth place will still get Champions League. So that'd be nice if that happens. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to go fifth. Craig? Um, I'm going to say fourth. I'm going to say fourth. I'm going to believe that. Um, I think we're going to have just enough to get skip ahead of Manchester United um, and hopefully Villa. Um, I think Villa haven't had a bad, real bad patch like we seem to have had. Um, hopefully they'll continue in Europe as long as possible. Um, so they're, they're really uh, stretching their players. Um, but yeah, I'm going to go fourth still. I'm going to still believe. 
Um, but it's got to start against Palace. We've got to win against Palace, or else I think um, I think fifth or, fifth or sixth could be on the cards. But uh, I'm going to stick stick with my prediction and say fourth. I'm going to go for a two-one Spurs win against Palace, and I'm going to say fifth at the moment. But let's hope that Spurs can get in the top four, get Champions League, because uh, we we really do need it as fans. Um, you know, the, the yeah. state would be absolutely incredible here. Uh, with Champions League football, and I, I want to hear that music again. Um, Holly, thanks so much for uh, for turning up, particularly after we've lost and chatting to us this evening about our defeat. Uh, where can people find your wonderful channel and what can people expect? No, thank you for having me. Like I say, it's nice to uh, be a guest rather than host the show. Um, so thank you. But yeah, uh, every Monday uh, I do uh, Holly Sotswell's Live where I kind of do what you kind of do, not to the, the same extent because um, I, I don't think I'd ever manage to pull Nigel Farage. I mean, that's a madness. So uh, thank you for that. Um, that's pretty insane. Um, so yeah, just talk about football, really, like we all do. Um, but yeah, no, thanks again uh, for having me. Well, check out Holly's channel. It's a great channel. Uh, I've been on there a couple of times and uh, always good fun. And uh, Craig, thanks so much for joining us as usual. Uh, you're, you're a fantastic guest. And uh, where can people find you? Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, on Twitter or X, as is now known, I suppose, um, at Demon 9 If you want to follow me, that'd be great. Um, yeah, I think I'm just going to order a big, fat, juicy, fattening takeaway tonight and... Uh, might have a glass of Diet Coke to uh, commiserate or something perhaps a bit stronger. But yeah, yeah, it never, look, it's never easy doing these after we lose. It really isn't. It's not a pleasurable thing sometimes, dare I say. It's always good to come on, but it's never as good as we win. And, uh, you know, you try and be upbeat. You try and, you try and see positive still. So I hope, I hope that does come across as much as I might feel appear miserable sometimes. But... I'm just a fan like everybody else and you can't help but get down every now and then. And um, But you got to believe, you got to believe that we're going in the right direction. And for me, taking a step back, looking at the bigger picture, are we in a better place than we were this stage last season when Conte was throwing his teddy in the corner? Yes, we are. And we are building something. And it's not as bad as probably we all think at the moment. And you wake up tomorrow morning, you might think it's just as bad. But when you look at the bigger picture... We are going still in the right direction. So, you know, not always lost. Season's still there, 13 games to go. Let's push on and get that Champions League spot. Well said, Craig. You literally took the words out of my mouth. So thank you so much for that. Um, Holly, Craig, <laughs> thank you so much for joining me the, this evening. And uh, thanks, everyone, for watching. Thanks for listening. Uh, remember that these uh, podcasts are also available on all audio platforms as well. And uh, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. And until the next time, come on, you Spurs. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row dreaming of something better well hello fresh is your guilt-free dream come true baby it's me geeky palmer 
Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 